this is the grand finale of all of my organized crime stories. Free at last. Free at last. Free at last. Or should I say, fully free at last. Fully free at last. Fully free at last. So this is what I want to talk about. Um, I remember within the world of organized crime, there were all kinds of stereotypes of groups of people worldwide in the United States of America, also known as North America. So, within organized crime, when it came to the criminals mostly, and the people within the criminals' lives, whether they were they were customers and quotations buying drugs from them or associates of theirs who do crimes together with them. You know, the type of people that y'all do dirt together but you don't hang out together. And all the other people in the lives of these criminals, they all bought into um, harmful stereotypes of people and they would communicate in my presence the harmful stereotypes of Native Americans and Alaskan Natives, um, African and Black Americans, Hispanic and Latino Americans, European and White Americans, uh, Asian and Pacific Islander Americans, um, South Asians, East and Southeast Asians, Arabs and Muslims, American Jews, Russians and North Asians, Irish Americans, Italian Americans, um, people who would be called ugly Americans, people who would be called rednecks, jocks, that means, you know, athletes, for example, a valley girl, soccer moms, and yokels. Um, then they would communicate in my presence um, each and every ethno stereo ethno stereotype that you can think of. They would crack each and every kind of ethnic joke that you can think of, and. I remember that they would also crack jokes rooted in stereotypes about white southerners, people they called white trash, people they called mountain whites, people they called crackers, people they called red legs, people they called poor whites, people they called cowboys, people that were called Appalachians. Um, Muslims, Jews, 
Um, and they would crack stereotypical jokes about people with disabilities, even calling them retarded. I had to say the word to let it be known that organized crime is filled with all types of discriminations. Um, the organized crime is filled with all types of stereotypes, prejudices, and bigotries. And I'm telling you what they said. I'm not saying those words say those words. That's what was said. And they used all the types of ethnic slurs that you can think of. Um, they used all the types of anti cultural, anti-national, anti-ethnic um, words that you can think of. So they were filled with ethnic hostility, political opposition, ethnic hatred, even when it came to um, people they were taught to see as other. So in organized crime, there were criminals of all races and ethnicities, and, they, and, and a lot of them were racist. So in organized crime, there was Christophobia, fear, dislike, or hatred of Christianity or Christians. Um, that was one. Um, there were some criminals who pretended to be reformed, so uh, they did what was typical, um, you know, claim the is Islam as their religion. So because of that, they had uh, atheophobia, fear, dislike, or hatred of atheism, atheism slash or anything atheistic. I do remember that. And... They basically had a fear, dislike, or hatred of anyone that didn't look like them, that didn't love like them, that didn't live like them, and that didn't think like them. They had phobias when it came to everyone who wasn't them. Even though when it came to women, I remember with the Italian Mafia, for example, they would have black people commit crimes for them and pay them, even though they didn't care for black people. Now you understand more of why they recruited them to do crimes for them. So I remember that within that world, they would they they would sleep with the women but not like their race but like their curves though 
for example, eh, I wish she wasn't dark, but she got the body of a goddess, so I'm going to, you know, go for the kill. That doesn't mean literally kill her. That means sex. You see the violence and murder and the language that they infuse with the reality of sexual intercourse. Um, so the black people that they would have commit crimes for them, they slept with them. It's like, ah, wish you didn't have like a big nose or kinky hair or big lips, but you have the body of a god, so I'm going to pounce on you. That means sex. Um, that was the world. That was the world I grew up in. And it was a very unwordable experience I had. I just got quiet for a minute because it was that, it's that awful. And um, so as a child, um, You know, that was just, as a child, it was just thinking about the fact that I remember hearing stories about the basketball court horror stories of the 80s from native Washingtonians. I get quiet for a minute because it's hard to talk about it, but the basketball court horror stories of the 1980s, basically it was dangerous to play basketball with killers and drug dealers because sometimes violence and murder happen before people would start playing, during while people are playing. 
and while and after the basketball game was over for the day, it's usually playground basketball. It could be AAU basketball. It could be competitive basketball where you're trying to actually win awards or rewards. And some of the basketball games, from I, from what I remember, um, I remember that with those games, they also um, would gamble. You know, they would shoot dice to make illegal money off basketball games and that. Um, in fact, um, all the dice games that I saw, it was. The dice games that they would have me play, uh, the adult criminals, it was backgammon, um, it was, uh, bar dice. Beer die, beetle, biscuit, bobing, bunko, catcha, alale, chingana, chocolate, crag, dice, 10,000, dice ball, drop dead, dudo, barkle, general, generala, gluckshoss, liar's dice, macau, maya, midnight, much shell spiel, pasadix, dix, pencil cricket, petals around the rose pig, Bugga sang seven, elevens, and double ship captain crew shut the box three man yacht yam yatsy samples dice game and then they would have me play um like they would have me play all these games as a way for me to get money and for them to share money with me and they would have me play teen teen gal and sick boo or Poker Dice Mexico, uh, Kitson Bakachi, Ho Hey How, Hazard, um, Crown and Anchor, Craps, uh, Choi Han Bakachi, Stilo, Baya Koa Tomka and Astronomical Chess. That was the type of game.
the shooting dice still have me play to teach me how to play the games. And I can absolutely say that I hated it. They had me play the animal husbandry. Um, They had me play the demon dice. They had me play don't go to jail commercial game. They had me play the Yahtzee. Let me play the past the pigs commercial game, you know. Let me play Kismet. Let me play the game. making sure that um, that what I'm telling you is it fits to what I'm saying so you know specifically what they had me do Those are all the type of games, dice games that we play. They had me shoot craps with them the most. They had me play at the craps tables. They had me... They had me do floating craps. Floating craps are big operation of craps. I remember that. They had me play street craps. You know, players waging money against each other. They had me play casino craps. Players can wage money against the bank. And usually I would win, and I would walk away with thousands of dollars. 
And I remember within that world of organized crime, I saw a lot of drinking games. Um, a lot of the drinking games. They would have drinking games in the form of word games, pong games, pong games, table games, card games, dice games, bench drinking games, and miscellaneous games. And alcohol poisoning was very common. And some people could drink and still be functioning drunks, and some could not. Some had to do teetotalism, and some had to go to temperance bars, and some had to go to 12-step recovery programs and fellowships. Some were part of adult children alcoholics. Some were part of Alcoholics Anonymous. Some had to go to drunk tanks and some had to do, go to alcohol and drug rehabilitation. Some had to do alcohol detoxification. Some had to go to alcohol-free zones. And some just drank every day until they died. It could be they were old people, or they were young, or middle-aged. That's what they did. Um, so some of these things would happen while the basketball was playing. This adds up to what I heard from, from Washingtonians in the 1980s. And this also, I'm sprinkling some of my own personal experiences so you'll know how bad this world is. So, you know, they would play like street craps, for example, on players. And if I, you know, they would do street craps, you know, betting against teams, basketball teams. So what I can definitely recall they also had weed games. They they would have weed games. Um, in the form of word games, pong games, table games, card games, dice games. Um. Who can get high the most off weed games, matrimonious weed games? They also had drug games in terms of the hardcore illegal drugs in the forms of word games, pong games, table games, card games, dice games, you know, binge drugging games, matrimonious drug games. Who, get, who can get high the most without overdosing or getting? You know, who can get drunk without dying, basically. Some people died, some people didn't came to these games. And so, getting back to the story of what I was telling y'all. 
that world would get violent sometimes, especially when it came to people losing all these games I told y'all about, especially the betting games. And uh, it was always tragic to witness it. Because sometimes the violence meant that people were temporarily scarred. Some were permanently scarred. And um, some were took a while to recover fully, but eventually they did. Some people never fully recovered. You know, people would basically, it would be verbal abuse, verbal fights, or screaming, cussing each other out, throwing blows, beating each other up. Sometimes weapons were pulled out. All the deadly weapons could think of. People got killed. Some survived, some didn't. Some people survived these brutalities, and, you know, some didn't. It goes to show you that that world is very vicious. And no one wants to admit it. You know, another thing with that world. You know, another thing about that world is um, when you play sports with criminals, they use that to prove their toxic masculinity. Um, I didn't really hear much about women doing these things, but it was mostly like men. As far as I know, I think I hear it happening with women, but very seldom. It's mostly men who would come on the basketball court. Let's say you dunked on them or you hit a jump shot, a fadeaway, a three-point or a half-court shot. You cross them up, you box them out, you got a rebound over them, you block their shot, reject their shot. You hit a sky hook on them, or maybe you um, hit a Rick Barry free throw type of shot on them. Or let's say you did an Allen Iverson crossover, or you had Stephen Curry handles, or you had Isaiah Thomas handles. And the way you were dribbling, there's a lot of ankle breakers, right? They would get so mad that people would get jumped or beat, they would get jumped during the game by the, that criminal who got cooked on the basketball court. Cooking means I made a move on you or I scored on you or I crossed you up with a crossover or I rejected your shot out or I out-rebounded you. I did something that made you look bad or embarrassed on the court. You, people could point the finger at you and go, oh, or Joan on you, like dish you, insult you, 
or they could punt and laugh at you. I've seen that on the basketball court. Some of these these things actually happen to people I saw playing on the basketball court. Not five years old criminals playing. And some of these things, I remember, you know, Washingtonians saying that these things happen. So it felt like confirmation to me, like, wow, what I witnessed at five happened all over the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, too. It didn't just happen in, the, in, you know, when I was five. It happened in the 1980s, too, similar stories. And so let's say you made a move on a criminal like that and they were playing. Now they want to pull out weapons. Now they want to shoot people. Some people got an ambulance. Some people survived. Some people got an ambulance and then they died. Or sometimes shootings will happen on the spot. Instant death or very slow death or you know instant recovery, which was seldom. And long road to recovery, which often was the case. But sometimes they would do sneak attacks and bust you upside the head, either run up on you to your face or run up behind you, behind your back, and you know, cocking their fists or you know, about to kick you or they're gonna kickbox you. Either way, I saw these things happening on the court when the criminals were playing. And another thing I do remember um, when I saw that was they also had women problems on the court. Um, If you were braggadocious about sleeping with somebody's sister or mother or wife or girlfriend or casual sex buddy, more violence and murder happened. I saw that organized crime. I remember stories of that being told to me by native Washingtonians that that happened all over the DC, Maryland, Virginia area in the 1980s. Sometimes they would, I remember seeing them point to the women they were talking about. Sometimes the women went along with it, but some of them got killed because they went along with it. Some of them got beaten because they got went along with it. Most of the time, she went along with it and, that, and nothing bad happened to her. But there were rare instances where criminals would get mad and kill her, beat her up, or, you know, those types of things. Or nothing bad happened to her because those women were well protected. They were well liked, too, so in certain instances where a dude would try to say something back or actually physically harm or try to kill her, those criminals would end up in a hospital, either surviving, but they had to leave that part of town, or they would get killed. Or they would get beaten up and be ran out of town. They could never come back. I remember that. I remember the women that they're talking about would join in on the booing of the criminals, who were guys, dissing them, um, pointing and laughing at them. Yeah, that type of world. 
so that basketball court it happened on basketball courts it happened on football fields it happened during soccer games criminals would play all types of sporting games and all of these criminality elements would occur within those other types of sporting games too and I can definitely admit that that world is nothing to play with because it's not a toy and it's damn sure not a fucking game. Because that is real ass shit that happens. Um, because a lot of criminals want to make a name off themselves. You know, like a lot of criminals want to be athletes. A lot of criminals want to be uh, sports players and a lot of criminals want to use athleticism in sports to embarrass and humiliate and degrade other people. That's why a lot of people could have been in the NBA or the NFL, for example, never made it because it was dangerous to play basketball or any sport with killers, drug dealers, and other types of criminals, even stick-up artists, even um, robbers, gangsters, Um, yeah, it was that dangerous. And I remember being in that world where a lot of guys they would play games where there were times where for criminal got crushed during a basketball game, that means lost. Nothing would happen to them. It could be other criminals playing. It could be civilians. You know, people... Civilians are are called that. They're typically referred to people who have no history of being within organized crime. Um, it was just nightmarish what the fuck happened and everything that happened is fucked up I'm just telling you off the top of my head what I absolutely remember um That world was quite frightening. Um, Or it's like civilians who have no history of being a criminal is what I'm saying. But 
And I remember when it came to um, the stereotypes I told you about, they stopped using them less and less because I would politely educate them why those stereotypes are falsehoods. And eventually they stopped saying the stereotypes around me. If they still believed in them, they did not communicate that to me because they did not communicate the stereotypes around me anymore after that. Um, so I remember seeing all these things I told you about. I saw all those things happen when I was five years old. Criminals doing athleticism and sports together, competing. And I also saw criminals and civilians, people who have no criminality, no rap sheet, if you will, um, using sports and athletics, playing against each other too. So all those bad things happen to all those types of people. And um, It was just also a world where This is hard for me to talk about. I remember certain things happening to um, some sex workers within strip clubs and with and doing dancing, but you couldn't touch them. So did I see um, sexual assault and unwanted sexual touching, unwanted sexual physical contact? Yeah, I saw this happen to sex workers when they would, you know, dance with or gyrate in strip clubs and outside of strip clubs. Um, in my case, most of the time, the sex workers were blamed. Most of the time, sex workers, in terms of people, the people would dismiss the incidents against sex workers as part of their jobs. Um, a lot of times, the customers were not asked to leave. On some instances, they were. Most of the time, people ignored the incidents and very little times where the police were called. So 
So I witnessed a lot of unlawful and appropriate customer behavior towards sex workers back then. What did I do about it? Because usually the sex workers were women, all those guys got beaten badly to a bloody pulp by me. And the bystanders started calling the police. And the employers had to start calling the their employees had to start um, demanding that customers leave and make them leave. And the incidents were no longer ignored. The sex workers were no longer blamed. They could no longer dismiss the incidents part of the, the incidents as part of the job. You could no longer sexually assault or touch sexually touch. The sex workers, because in this case, because they were just dancing, so you can't touch them while they dance. And um, those things ended because I was five, and I was like, "Oh, hell to the nah!" So my gentle manliness and chivalrousness kicked in. So. The days of being unlawful and appropriate as customers for sex workers, I ended that shit. Um, I saw a lot of those things back then. Um, I do remember, um, Sometimes going to criminals is home. And, uh, there would be some sex workers at the door that would knock on the door. Some of them had keys to the home. And it was obvious prostitution was going to go down. So I remember sometimes they would provide the sexual services to the criminals at me in their home on the spot in front of me. Other times they went upstairs or downstairs or went to a room, another room on the same floor, different floors. And there were times I could hear everything. And there were peepholes, so even though the doors were closed, sometimes locked, um, I could look through the people and hear everything and see everything and sometimes the doors were unlocked so i would uh gently and quietly open the door 
sometimes all the way, sometimes not. And I could hear and see everything. Sometimes they saw me and kept going. Other times they saw me and um, they were hesitant. Then they would keep going. Because they were so into that. But other times they would see me and I would just walk away. Then they would keep going. Sometimes they talked to me about it. Sometimes they didn't. Either way, I was disturbed, but I didn't hide it. But I did hide it. I was disturbed, and I hid it, actually. Um, and other times, yeah, did I see the exchanging of money as a part of the sex? Yeah, sometimes the money is paid up front. Other times, during the sex, they would, you know, put the money on the table so the sex workers could get the money, and then just leave. Or other times afterwards, the money was paid up, and then the sex worker would leave. Um, sometimes it's a group of sex workers for one guy, or a group of sex workers for several guys, because the criminals will have their friends over. So I witnessed everything when it came to that. Um... Other times it was one sex worker for one guy, maybe one sex worker for the guys, uh, you know, the criminals and their friends. Criminals and their friends, their home life was pretty normal in terms of, you know, some criminals, those type of criminals, they didn't do crimes in the home. That was outside the home. While some criminals, they did do crimes in the home. Um, you know, Drug operations was the crimes they were doing at home and all the crimes that go along with that. I remember that. And they would hide drug paraphernalia, drug money in the home. I remember that. And um, it's amazing that I can actually recall these things. And, um, I do remember, um, the criminals and their friends, where I remember, they acted nice toward me. Plus, it was understood, I had a reputation, so they really didn't fuck with me. <laughs> was I ever raped in those homes by the sex workers? Most of them didn't, but there were some that did, though. And it was interesting how some of the women criminals found out that I was being raped by a lot of women. And a lot of women got murdered because of that. Um, the women criminals felt like Okay, we do other crimes, but, uh, you know, don't be touching on no kids. It was con it was hypocritical. They're like, they had me hustle drugs, but rape was their limit. Like, we don't, that type of crime, that we don't do sex. We do all the other crimes. We don't do sex crimes. And, yeah, we have Antonio hustle for us, you know, hustle with us. Like drugs, but 
you know, beating on a child or raping a child was, that was like the line crossed for them. And they murdered a lot of women because of it. Because they, his word on the street, yeah, so-and-so was, you know, they, they're, so-and-so was all on Antonio having their way with him. Because sometimes I was raped in private places that some people in the streets actually saw, didn't know they saw it. And so they told the women criminals. Other criminals saw it, some civilians did. But they would have a way of reporting what happened without putting my name in it. Because in the organized crime world I was in, because a lot of those people actually liked me, they were like, well, we don't want to put Antonio's name in it because that's embarrassing, but we'll just have these people prosecuted. And from what I remember, they got prosecuted because the rapists were so terrified they had to admit, yeah, I, I mess with kids. And that statement alone had them locked up for decades. Sometimes the women criminals would allow the rapists to go to jail. They're like, all right, I don't want to go to jail for killing you or anything. So most of the time, the women criminals killed immediately. They were very rare times where they would let the person just go to jail. Let these women go to jail. But most of the time they didn't make it to jail because they got murdered. Sometimes I remember women criminals walking in on me being raped. Killed them on the spot. And they would kill other people for witnessing these things and not doing anything about it. It could be criminal bystanders, civilian bystanders. They got murdered. And very rarely did they allow the bystanders and the, um, you know, the criminal bystanders and the civil bystanders, did they all serve time for aiding and abetting, you know, you know, egging it on, helping it happen and actually them raping it themselves. Um, very rarely did they all were allowed to just go to jail, spend the rest of their lives in prison. Um, most of the time, the women criminals just killed them all. Like a group of, it was basically a mass murder by a group of women criminals. So I, I remember during my final months in the organized crime world, was there, on their end, um, that they started taking me places with them on their own. Because they started saying, you know what, it's getting too dangerous, you know, for you. And I remember I would walk, I remember they had me walk at certain places where they knew I wouldn't get raped or beaten because in the past I was beaten, you know, I would usually get beaten and raped. Sometimes at the same time, beaten and raped, raped and beaten. Um, 
by the rapists and the bystanders and the, and the actual you know and the other rapists themselves, you know. But the women criminals and with these usually it was women raping some men did. When they found out the men were raping me, oh man, the men criminals got involved. The women criminals said, okay, we're, we're us men and women criminals, we're gonna kill them. And the women men criminals, because I carried myself in a stereotypically masculine way, I was never a male pig to females. I was never a guy who would shit on dudes just to shit on them. They did not, none of them thought I was gay. So they were like, oh, you know, Tony is still a man, you know, because I didn't carry myself in a feminine way. In fact, with those guys, they killed them. And the streets found out about it, but because I was such a typical masculine acting child, you know, it could be my voice, it could be my walk, it could be how I carried myself. I didn't act in a way that would make people in the crime world think I was gay. Um, and I'm not being homophobic here. You know, there's nothing wrong with being feminine. There's nothing wrong with being gay. And rape doesn't make you gay. Rape doesn't make you effeminate. I want to clarify that. But because I'm in the crime world, you know, I couldn't act in certain ways. Um, the women criminals never, to, you know, never tried to insinuate or try to climb with me gay because I was so respectful towards them, you know, that they weren't having those type of jokes. There were some rare instances where some criminal guys were trying to insinuate, you know, Tony O. He, 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 he you know, he's transvestite and he liked dudes and those guys got the shit beat out of them. And they were told, if you make these jokes again, you're gonna get killed. And a second incident, another group of guys in the crime world said those same things. This time they were killed by the women. So let me get back to the story earlier. So with these women criminals and men criminals, from what I remember, um, I was raped by men, and the men and women criminals killed them. Killed all of them. Found the male rapists, murdered them. Didn't even allow them to go to prison just killed them. Um, then the women criminals got killed. The men and women criminals said, agreed to kill all the male rapists together while the women criminals said, hey, this is personal to me. We're going to kill these women ourselves. Of course, they didn't say women. They used vulgar words in reference to these women. And we'll leave it at that. But they said, basically said they're going to kill these women. Because it's like, now we got to defend our son, our child, me. So I remember these women criminals. I remember that 
they would have me walk around in safe places. I couldn't walk. They stopped me from walking in dangerous neighborhoods. And I remember these women criminals cried. They're like, I'm such a bad mom. I'm not protecting my son. I'm not protecting my child. And crying. And then they said, okay. You're going to walk in safe places where I can see. So if I walk, they will always keep an eye on me. And then after a while, they said, you know what? We're going to just drive you around. You're going to be with me. You're going to be with my girlfriends. And as for guys, these were guys that said, you know what? You're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna be around the civilian, the civilian guys, the guys who don't do crime, and you're gonna hang out with me and, and my girls, you know, the ones who don't do civilian crimes. Some of the guys that were did crimes, but they didn't do crimes that involved children. Just like some of the women that were hanging out doing crimes, they didn't do crimes involving children. All of them had the don't touch kids, don't rape kids, don't beat kids. They said that around me like, uh-uh, we don't tolerate that shit. We do all the other crimes, but these crimes, fuck on the mother crimes, we don't do that shit. But some criminals have limits of crimes that they do. So I remember when they would have me around, you know, drive around with them, they just figured, you know, I'm not comfortable with him walking around. And so that's what, you know, these are all my memories. And um, that's when word. That's why male males stopped trying to rape me because these women, men criminals, had a reputation for. Oh man, look what they did to Antonio, and no one was allowed to joke about it because the streets knew what happened to me. No one was allowed to joke about it, and no one was allowed to talk about it because they're like, "Oh, you talking about it." That means you trying to emasculate Antonio, even though they didn't know that was a word back then. They had ways of making it clear, don't emasculate Antonio or you won't get killed. Um, you know, about, about a handful of people, that'd be about seven or eight people maybe six to seven or eight people made innuendos and they got killed. You couldn't make trans jokes or gay jokes about me. You couldn't make, you couldn't use gay slurs or trans slurs about me because those handful of people that did, they got killed. So I remember with the women criminals, they would introduce me to everybody in their lives as this is my child, this is my family, you know, this is my son, he looks just like me. Most of the criminals were black women, so it was believable. The Latinos would say, this is my adopted child, my adopted son, that's why he, we don't look alike, but that's my kid. And women criminals call me their kid. And these were women crime bosses. Women who had their own criminal operations, their own criminal masterminds. They did crimes to adults, but they stopped at the whole 
Don't be raping no children. Don't be beating or touching them on children. Fuck all that. Even though they were happy to sell drugs and they said that's as far as we go when it comes to kids. And people believed them. Nobody felt like it was a lie. They all said welcome to the family. Their friends said the same thing. The people that they went to school with, the, the, you know, the people that they hung out with, talk buddies, hang out buddies, associates, you know, you know, people that were colleagues, so some of the criminals had regular jobs. They didn't know that criminal operations happened on the side, like their illegal side hustles. They said, oh, nice to meet you. And your name, oh, your name's Antonio, nice to meet you, da da da, da. And we were criminals, you know, Everybody treated me like I was the kid of these criminals. And so the criminals, in order to feel better about not protecting me, they killed and say, you know what, nobody's gonna hurt my child again. So in the world of crime, in that world, in the waning months of organized crime for me, I would say the last couple of months of organized crime in particular, in terms of my days within that world, um, there was a sense that you had to be, you couldn't talk to me crazy. You couldn't diss me at all. Your gestures, you, you, you had to be appropriate with your gestures. Basically, body language, ver- nonverbal and verbal language. You had to watch what you say, do, think, and feel, react, and with and how you used your body when it came to me, because if you didn't, these women criminals, they would have people jump them whenever people are disrespectful to me. It could be counter voice, it could be volume of voice, it could be word choices, it could be gestures, it could be body language, it could be facial expressions. If they were all deemed disrespectful by criminals, which they were all disrespectful, you know, people clowning me, you know, distastefully, they would get jumped. Or if it continued, they got killed. Because in their mind, they were like, oh, I'm his mom, I gotta... I had a lot of... There were a lot of criminal women who said, that's my that's my son. And they all found out they were saying that about each other. At first, they're like, who is you to say? Well, who are you? And after a while, it went from being tense to, oh, okay. Okay. We like it for the same reason. Okay, you can be your son too. Okay, all right, all right. You cool, you cool, okay. At first, they were about to get to World Wars, and they calmed down and said, okay, why is he your son? Well, why is he your son? Da, 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 da. At first, they're about to fight over me, and they did fight over me, then they stopped. The fighting over me was worse, like, they were, about, they were yelling for a little bit and they stopped. Like, why are we doing this? This is the story I was told by the streets. And they eventually calmed down. They they did throw blows for a little bit and they apologized, made up and said, why are we fighting? Why are we calling each other our names? Why are we yelling? Why are we doing all this drama? Um, so the women criminals at one time Everywhere I went, it was a group of them, like groups of women criminals in a car. Sometimes they would take turns carpooling me to places. 
because they no longer trust the shoots and me. They said, we're all his mothers. We all got to look out for our son. So they so my days of walking the streets were over by the criminals, by the women criminals. And when I got out of organized crime, me walking the streets alone was officially over. The women criminals started that pattern of, I could walk the streets within organized crime by them. And when I got out of organized crime, me walking by myself as a child with nobody to make sure I was safe. So I organized crime, those days were over too. So the days of being in and out, but both walking the streets were completely obliterated. And um, as for the men criminals, pretty much all the same things happened. This is our son, we're all his dads. So they all would band together and say, no one's gonna disrespect Antonio anymore. No one's going to give Antonio any more grief or static or bullshit no more. So that's when I no longer had to fight on my own. I no longer had to defend women and people on my own because they heard stories of this um, from the streets and I would tell them this would have happened and there were times where they got glimpses of it but they were like they couldn't make out if I was being if what I was doing because suddenly somebody would want to talk to them so they put out their mouth oh, he's fine and then they apologized for that I'm like I'm sorry I should be done for you da, 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 right um these are tough-ass stories, rough-ass stories. Shit, I ain't gonna motherfucking lie about these bullshits, but, you know, to tell you. Um, and I'm not glorifying any of these things. I'm now putting into context, like, everything that happened to me. Sometimes people lost basketball, football, field games on purpose, whether they were betting on gambling or not betting on gambling at all. And sometimes they accidentally won. They were trying to be bad at the game and accidentally won. And sometimes they were, you know, some people were able to, you know, criminals actually respecting them, like, okay, you got me, cool, cool. And then you get offended and they moved on. Other criminals, now you want to fight and kill. And you had families who they want to commit acts of vengeance because you kill my loved one, I kill your loved one. And they'd be killing each other's loved ones in violence in certain cases. So I saw these things and I and then the adult Washingtonians I was talking to, they told me similar stories. It was just a cycle of retribution. And that's how vicious that world is. And in organized crime world, I remember 
I wasn't allowed to make money with a lot of criminals anymore. And I want the women and men criminals to court people. I'm cool with you. So you can only make money with us. So all the money I made with all the other criminals, they had to give all that money up to the men and women criminals or else violence and murder was going to happen. So they chose to give up all the other money. So this was during the waning months of my time organized crime. Slowly I stopped making money with certain people over time. And they didn't find out about the other things, you know, about a few weeks before I left organized crime. They figured it all out and that's when their, you know, those honor killings, as it's called, I told you about earlier what those people were doing to me. That's what the criminals were into avenging me. So another thing about that world that I want to make sure that I absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt after this episode I have no more stories to tell y'all because they, they're all out. Um, my goal is to get all these stories out once and for all because I don't want to keep doing more episodes about this because I want to get it all out. So in the world of organized crime, I may have said it before, I, I definitely um, not to repeat myself, but this is what I do need to say, you know, like, basically, um, I, I knew a lot of guys What's the best way for me to talk about this? Because I think I don't want to repeat myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I did talk about what I was about to talk about the last in the other episode. But let me tell you off the top of my head. I knew about people who got, you know, who were afraid of their lives in jail because of the no dry snitching, no snitching, and no being a rat cold. So some of them got killed in jail, some of them got beat up in jail, some of them had to serve solitary confinement in jail. I want to make sure I remember telling y'all because I said a lot about that part of my life back. So let me get this out of my chest. So if I did repeat myself, at least I know officially that y'all were told. So I knew people in organized crime who experienced retribution, 
criminals ought to be punished in some way. This is the most widely seen goal. Criminals have taken improper advantage or inflicted unfair detriment upon others, and consequently, the criminal law will put criminals at some unpleasant disadvantage to quote unquote balance the scales. People submit to the law to receive the right not to be murdered. If people contravene these laws, they serve the rights granted by the law. Thus, one who murders may be executed themselves. A related theory includes the idea of rights in the balance. Deterrence. Individual deterrence is aimed toward the specific offenders being imposed. A sufficient penalty to discourage the offender from criminal behavior. General deterrence aims at society at large by imposing a penalty on those offenses. Other individuals are discouraged from committing those offenses. Incap incapacitation designed simply to keep criminals away from society so that the public is protected from their misconduct. This is often achieved in prison sentences. Today, the death penalty of banishment has served the same purpose. Rehabilitation aims at transforming an offender to a valuable member of society. Its primary goal is to prevent further offense by convincing the offender that their conduct was wrong. Restoration is the victim oriented theory of punishment. The most repaired through state authority any injury inflicted upon the victim by the offender, for example, one who embezzled will be required to repay the amount he properly applied. Restitution is commonly combined with other things. The goals of criminal justice are closely related to concepts in civil law, example, returning the victim to their original position for them. So, I knew criminals who experienced retribution, deterrence, incapacitation, rehabilitation, and restoration. And I know some criminals who experience capital punishment, physical and corporal punishment, you know, whipping or caning. Um, some got paroled, some got probation. I knew criminals who committed um, arson, blackmail, bribery, burglary, investment, extortion, false pretenses, forgery, fraud, gambling, intellectual property violations, larceny, payolas, pickpocketing, possessing, stolen property, robbery, smuggling, tax evasion, death, and vandalism, compounding, malfeasance, in office, miscarriage of justice, misprisions, obstruction, preventing the course of justice, perjury, apostasy, begging, censorship, violation, dueling, illegal consumption, such as prohibition of drugs, alcohol, or smoking, terrorism, and some did commit suicide, some did cruelty to animals, some did wildlife smuggling, some did bestiality, zoophilia, some committed incest, indecent exposure, obscenity, rape, sex trafficking, sexual assault, sexual slavery, cybersex trafficking, child sexual abuse. Um, in their personal lives, some were did adultery and bigamy. And there was a lot of fornication in that world. And there was a lot of, you know, people hiding their homosexuality in that world. And there was a lot of masturbation in that world. And I saw a lot of prostitution in that world. Some of the criminals, please forgive me, I'm repeating myself just to make sure I shared it. Some of the criminals did torture, stalking, robbery, invasion of privacy, negligent homicide, murder, felony murder, mayhem, corporate manslaughter, manslaughter, castration, kidnapping, intimidation, homicides, home invasions, false imprisonments, harassments, domestic violence, defamation, child abuse, assassination, assaults, battery, negligence, domestic violence, attempts, criminal conspiracy, incitement, solicitations, demeanors, infractions, violations, felony, 
um, you know, they did vicarious liability, criminal, principal criminal law, corporate liability, complete criminal complicity, criminal complicities, criminal accessories. Actus reus, mens reus, causation and concurrence elements of criminal law. Some did lesser majesty, treason, espionage, secession, sedition, subversion. Um, the defenses to liability that came to them were self-defense, right of self-defense, provocation legal, necessity criminal law, mistake of law, mistake criminal law, justification jurisprudence, insanity defenses, defensive infancy, ignorantia juris non excusat, entrapment, duress, responsibility, defense of property, consent issues, automatism, and the other common law I saw, um, these other defenses of criminals, it could be contracts, evidence laws, property laws, torts, trusts and estates, and wills. False pretenses, gambling, fraud, extortion, okay, extortion, okay, larceny, pickpocketing, robbery, okay. I'll make sure that told you everything that they ever did. Um, including, so you'll know for certain, not repeating myself necessarily, there was participatory offenses, property offenses, fatal offenses, and strict liability, and personal offenses too. That's what I saw in that criminal world. And, um, okay, now that I shared everything, let me get back to my memory telling you everything that happened. So, within that world, um, um, I also remember that some of the criminals actually told me it was mostly women. There were some men too, and they said to me, you're my child, even if you're gay, even if you're trans, nothing will take my love away from you, and I would be cool with you being gay or trans. That's what they told me. Because the organized Homosexuality and transgenderism are divisive issues in the mind of organized crime figures. Some were like, some didn't care, some were phobic, some were neutral, some were indifferent, some celebrated, some thought it was awesome. And um, another thing I want to talk about in that world. I'm trying to not end this episode until I get all my memories out. So I'm really, really working on getting it all out on all that freedom. But that organized crime, um, though, um, I remember that
there were it reminded me of homosexuality in ancient Rome so just like homosexuality in ancient Rome homosexuality organized crime some had acceptable male partners you know slaves former slaves um, male sex workers entertainers you know But they all had to be dudes, adult dudes, because organized crime, you know, like prisons and those outside of prison, there were many people who actually saw me be molested and raped. And the men and women criminals did all the killing, and the bystanders criminal and civil civilians did all the police reporting. Um, but again, gay is not rape, rape is not gay, rape is not trans, and trans is not rape. Okay, I just want to clear that up. Um, and the ancient Roman sexuality, just like organized crime, what I grew up in was active, dominant, masculine, passive-submissive, feminine, the primary dichotomy of their views on people being gay or trans. Um, and just like the ancient Roman men, organized crime, okay, you could have sex with other males without a perceived loss of masculine or social status as long as you took the dominant penetrative role. So when I was reading about homosexuality in ancient Rome, I said, this is completely exactly like the organized crime world I grew up in which was patriarchal just like ancient Roman society um lesbianism was highly accepted because it's like oh y'all a bunch of women okay y'all can be gay you know some criminals are like oh no that's less pussy for me my more criminals are like that's more pussy for me And some of them said that about gay dudes. Ah oh, man, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta like pussy like me. While the other criminals are like, Psh, I'm glad he don't like pussy, because that's more than me. I don't mean to be vulgar, but that's how they talked. And so it's interesting. Okay, people having sex outside of marriage. That was normal organized crime. Um, normal were considered objects of desire. People, that's how they were treated in organized crime. And people who allowed themselves to be penetrated, as long as they were both manly, in terms they're typically manly, according to what the organized crime figure said, like if you did allow yourself to be penetrated, but you still acted tough. It was often overlooked. A lot of sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was, depending upon the organized crime figure. Um, having sex with sex workers was normal. Sometimes criminals who have sex with each other's families 
and friends. There, there were some sex horror stories as a result. And other times, it, there were no horror stories. But in organized crime, mm. nudity in terms of exposure, whether in person or through art, was all depicted. It, so basically, organized crime that I grew up in was his own Pompeii. You know, the it was sexual graffiti, and there was sexual art that they made, and it was vulgar. Organized crime has its own Pompeii. That's what I saw. It was a rough world. The pederasty, they didn't care what the boys looked like or what the girls looked like. They were kids, they were considered. sometimes to no avail. You know, you know the double standards of sex between men and women was organized crime. But those organized crime rules were broken by lawbreakers known as criminals, the oxymoron hypocrisy. There you go. So I remember that. And women had male sex workers Everybody has sex with whoever they wanted pretty much. Say one thing, do another thing that happened all the time. Uh 
Another thing I noticed for sure. In my taste, it was not my taste. I'm sorry. From my experience, I'll just make sure I share the story. I got one more. So the organized crime, what I remember, just you know, riding around the car with them, spending a lot of time with them, and uh, I remember that they they would take me everywhere. With I was going to funerals. I used to go, when I first started organized crime against my will, I would go to funerals every week because they wanted to go for the repast. I was going to cremations every week, you know, and funeral homes, you know. I didn't really, they didn't really do church. Um, criminals weren't really down with that so they would have I remember going to funerals every week the street women I was saying that was off about my book I remember only going to churches for funerals so I never went to a church service it was a funeral and then they would they wouldn't have us at the funeral long I remember when it came to those street women and when it came to, you know street women they didn't do any dirt they just like taking me places so they were like event crashers, so they wouldn't have me say funeral. They would have me funeral for a little bit, and then they then the repast, and I would eat up all the food with them. Same thing happened at these once a week funerals go to. But after that, the criminal said he's not going to funerals anymore. Once they recognize that this is crazy, and the street women, I remember. The street women with the women criminals made a pact, okay, you can't be around certain people, certain guests no more, like funerals. Like, you know, like, um, like cream leash funeral homes, funeral house of worship services. They all made a pact, he can't be doing these things. And the beef culture was really, really. I remember um, with that beef culture, there was, um, it's like what happened to Tupac and Biggie, but imagine what happened to Tupac and Biggie, the late rappers. Imagine it happening quite often. Imagine the, what is called the East Coast, West Coast feud, even though it wasn't closest fighting, it was certain rappers having, you know, feuding with each other. Imagine East Coast, West Coast feuds happening all the time. That, but organized crime, when it comes to those things, and laughing Tupac and Biggie, it's more than infinity times worse. Let's put it that way. So I grew up in a beef culture. And beef means feuding in the world of organized crime. So, um,
Well, I shared everything about my time in that world, and that I am, as we say on Clubhouse, complete. I, I am officially not telling any more stories about my life or All the bad things about life are many times worse within the world of organized crime. Everything bad that you can think of in life is all of many times worse than organized crime. Now can I can officially live up to my statement. I'm not going to say this is my last time and then tell other stories along with it, those things are over. So this episode, all of that in terms of telling more mess kind of stories from my childhood are all complete, they're all out. No more to share. That's everything that has the everything that happened to me in that world. I can share. I'm grateful. I have no more organized crime stories from my childhood to tell. A sigh of relief for my body, but more importantly, my soul. Real quick, I just remember something. I did play sports, all types of sports, with criminals and civilians. Nothing bad happened to me when I played. Because I had a fearsome reputation anyway. And... And I want to say this, in the world of organized crime, and my memory came back, that's why I'm not ending this episode until I get it out. Um, all out now. All out. Um, I remember... I don't know what I remember. I remember... Um, within that world... We would... I was the cool cat persona person. Let me tell y'all again what it means to be a cool cat for new listeners that may not have listened to other episodes that I've said yet. Basically, I was the cool cat personality person. I was the cool person. I was the person who was funny, entertaining, and chill. I was a witty, nice person. The only time I acted tough is when people were being unnecessarily oppressed. And these people were the least of these. But other than that, I was known to be chilling like a villain. You know, that's what was said about me. And I was the life of the party type of dude back then. So I, I, would, I was basically... I had to use my positive personality character traits to help me survive or So I want to tell you about me within that world and me outside that world. The inner me, child me. Basically, that's what I want to say. I want to make it clear And this is me talking about my child me regarding faith. What kept me from hating myself completely within that world was 
as a child, I believe that God created me. And I remember my grandma reciting some scriptures to me. She said, Psalm chapter 139, verse 13 to 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that for well, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. As a child, I believed that God knew me before I was born, even when I was in my mother's womb. God knew all about my family and my life. No matter what time, it could be now, later, it could be the day before. As examples, and at the same time, I was grateful that my grandma did her best to be sensitive to me because, you know, without knowing all the difficult circumstances in my life, especially at that time, um, my grandma would tell me that God has not been absent, but has been drawing me to, but God has been drawing me to God. And, and she would say to me that God wants to give me a brand new start and a new way of living. She would say to me, God can do that because I would give God my life. And she explained why should I do that? Because she said, God wants to have a personal relationship with me. I remember she quoted John 17, 3 sometimes. She would um, have like, I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember. She would have like these little Bible information she saved that had some of the verses where I remember. John chapter 17, verse 3, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Um, and she also said to me, God loves me. She said to me, she explained to me why Jesus had to die and why, you know, and who is Jesus and respond by receiving Jesus and respond with belief in Jesus and the dangers of sin. But she didn't specify like sin in terms of how adults know like all the sins, just the typical sins, you know, lying, stealing, that type of thing. And that God wants me to have eternal life, that God wants to love me unconditionally, that she told me what repentance is how sins can be forgiven, how to pray, trust in the Bible that she called God's word at the time, and to live a life that's pleasing to the Holy Spirit. That's all that what she told me is how I overcame organized crime. Now I have officially have no more organized crime, so I should tell you I'm going to read a side relief three times. honor of the Holy Trinity that my grandma bestowed upon me. So those are all the things that absolutely occurred to me. Um, 
Shortly before I left work, I found out that those women and men criminals got together, killed the traffickers, killed the pimps, um, adopted the trafficking victims as their extra set of kids, and anybody that raped you or, or found out about it, did nothing or say nothing, they all got killed. That's how my life in that world ended for good. So within that world, um, that's what caused me to, to um, that was another reason why I was able to leave that world. 